Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and to episode 276 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, this show is eventually uploaded as a podcast when I finally have the time to do so. Thank you again, everyone, for your patience with me. Also to Tof Morris, who's a $5 backer over on Anchor.fm. Rather, thank you for your patience as well. We got us an open forum discussion tonight. Our general movie talk discussion, of course, but also any of the other topics that you would like to talk about are on the table within reason, as, of course, there are certain things that I cannot talk about. But thank you, everyone, for being here Today, we are live on YouTube, Periscope D Live, and of course, over on Odyssey. And we got a ton of people already here, so let's say hello to some people who are here. We got Andrew Hoyle. What is going on? Good, sir. Definitely not late now, he says. Yes, definitely very early for today's stream. You put that up uh, in that comment in pretty much right when I made the event live. So, shout out to you, good, sir. We got Bryant Barth, who was here earlier as well. Thank you for being here as well. Uh, Bryant Barth then says, was not trying to harass you. Was just giving you suggestions on what to review. No, no, no. I, again, when I, when I say harass, I, don't, I didn't mean it in, in a negative way. I, I did not mean that you were being uh, malicious with it at all. That, that was not at all what I was implying. It was more of just mentioning it several times, right? So... It's all good, bro, and I appreciate that recommendation. Unfortunately, it's just a movie that is very hard to get your hands on for a reasonable price. Snorpoopus Cuber, what's going on, dude? He's a member on the channel. He says, how are humans and other quitters? How is it going, Snorpoopus? Thank you for being here. GMuggy76 in the chat. What is going on? Derek McManus in the chat as well. Hail to you. We also got Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington. What's up, Gary? He says, Coda is a great film about a deaf family with one hearing singing child. Interesting. I've never heard of that movie before. It sounds very interesting. We also have the Empress of the Universe in here as well. Shout out to Tina B, Empress of the Universe. She is one of the Valkyrie, and she is amazing. Thank you again for being here. And, of course, shout out to Stephanie B, who will be here. But, of course, it's Tuesday, so she has a little ways to go before getting home to jump on. And hopefully you are feeling better, Stephanie B. Let's see. We, of course, have Laura Story, who is also one of the mods on the channel. One of my chosen. She is the modern major general of the channel. And, of course, she is pointing out by her new channel name that Tina indeed needs a new channel. If you want to understand why and how she needs a new channel and how we know she needs a channel... Go ahead and check out the Chosen of Valhalla live stream from this past Sunday because she is a film historian, a film lover, and she is so incredibly passionate about movies. And I think that a lot of people would appreciate what she is able to do in her conversations with movies. So Tina does need a channel. Hashtag Tina needs a channel for sure. Anyway, let us see who else is in the chat today. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure that you smash that like button, please. Really does help out a lot. And if you want to share this video because you have fun here in Asgard, feel free to do so as well. Remember, if you have a comment or a question, please put at Odin, the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. And let me know you're trying to get my attention. And 
I uh, also, of course, read comments from members. One of the perks of being a members on, member on the channel is that you don't have to worry about tagging. Though if you do tag, I definitely appreciate it, especially in, in moments when I fall behind or I'm a little lost on where I am, which sometimes happens, especially after a long day of work. Andrew Hoyle, yes indeed, Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve. I love how everyone just loves the way I, I pronounce the name. I'm pretty sure that is the accurate way of, of pronouncing it. Because I remember I was looking up how to do a correct pronunciation for it because I am a huge fan of his work. And so ever since, I've always just pronounced it as Denis Villeneuve. I'm sure I got some part of it right and some part of it wrong. We also got the Hunky Chunky Funky Monkey. What's going on, Hunky Chunky? You're very rarely here on the Tuesday streams because I know it's very late over in the UK. But thank you for joining, good sir. And he says, we all knew Dune was going to go that way. I held no hope for it. I don't know what way. Uh, specifically, uh, I can say, though, as I've mentioned on previous videos, especially my box office breakdown videos, that the chances of it being a financial success are not looking very good. And I would pretty much say any film that costs over $100 million, the chances of any of those films making profit, pretty much slim to none if I had to take an educated guess. Looks like we also got the K-Man in the chat. What is going on, K-Man? Thank you for being here. Kaylee D, welcome back to the chat. Andrew Hoyle, who is a member, says, Just finished watching the Dune miniseries on to Children of Dune. I, I didn't know it was a miniseries. I know it was a novel, and a, a series of novels, and of course that <laughs> they have the old movie, which I'm not <laughs> personally a big fan of. But I didn't know that there was a miniseries. That's interesting. Nick Nero, what's going on? Good, sir. Thank you for tagging me. Glad to have you back. We got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. Thank you for being in the chat. Glad that you had some fun in Vegas. Back to reality. James Dossier, what's going on? James, thank you for joining once again. Glad to have you back. Rosie G12, what's going on? Rosie, thank you very much for being here as well. You are awesome. Glad that you were able to join us again. Keck44 in the chat. Hello to you, Alice McCarthy. What is going on? Says, howdy, Odin. How's it going? House Thor, open forum. What if I was dumb? This show, Jack Ryan on Prime, is awesome. Okay, yeah, I, I have heard some relatively positive things about it. it. It is a series starring John Krasinski. I don't know if he has anything to do with any of the direction or producing or anything to that effect. I just know that he is the star of the show. I would assume he has some role in in the behind the scenes in some capacity. So I've heard relatively good things about it. Not enough for it to be, I think, something that is like a must watch. Like I haven't heard that level of of praise for it, but I've heard it's a fun, it's a fun time. Uh, Evan S, what's going on? Good sir, thank you for being here. Uh, let's see, Nick Nero has a question. He says, what do you think of classic film like Usual Suspects? Uh, well, again, <laughs> when you say of, of classic films, that's a very broad genre. There's a lot of films that are classics and also, in today's world, what do we even consider to be a classic, right? Are classics back from the 1910s, the 20s, 30s? Uh, by this standard, are the 80s now called classics, 90s, early 2000s? It's kind of crazy that we live in a time where we, I think, could make a valid argument that the Lord of the Rings films, which came back early 2000s, are pretty much now classics. Usual Suspects, absolutely, I would consider to be a classic, and I love it. I think it's a fantastic film. It features some really solid acting, and it has one of the coolest uh, twists, I think. And it was one where the first time I watched it, luckily, 
I, I hadn't watched it until later in life. And somehow I was able to get through all that life, not knowing who, uh, who Soze was. And so I, I think being able to experience the film and be able to watch the mystery unravel. And then that last moment when you get to see the way the feet are walking and then they slowly transition into, uh, you know, into a normal pace, you're like, Oh man, it was brilliant. So I really, really enjoy that movie a lot. So yeah. I would say it's a solid film for sure. Definitely worth a watch. Brian Barth says that you can pick up Once Upon a Time in America for $10 on eBay. I don't know how. And my guess is, Bryant, if any copy is available of that movie on eBay, my guess is, to be honest, that it's a fake. That someone just made a copy of it. Which, to be fair, I mean, if it's a copy of the Blu-ray, you know, the quality could be good. But the only reason why I say that is because if any new copy available at, you know, more, I guess you could say reputable official sources, like getting it from Amazon directly or something like that, if the cheapest that they have is is several, you know, you know, what, $60, $80, sometimes even more because it's out of print, for a film to be $10 that's out of print, that kind of screams scam to me. Uh, because if anyone has ever followed Blu-rays and followed releases, you know that anytime a movie is out of print, it goes up in value so much. And if you're going to sell it for that amount of money, there has to be something going on with it. Or also, too, what version of the movie is even available at uh, at that price over on eBay as well? I think there's all valid questions to ask, though. The new number two, what's going on? Welcome back, Dean Heiss. Thank you for being here. Kara Tharp is a member. What's going on, Kara? Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. James Ashier tagged to say, I got the Jumanji films on 4K. Thoughts on the films if you have seen them? I've seen all of them. The original is, of course, classic. Obviously, I could I could talk about how terrible the CGI is. The CGI just has not aged well at all. It wasn't very good even when it came out. Um, but that still being said, it's still a great film. Lots of nostalgia. Of course, another solid performance from Robin Williams, among many others. And it, it really, I think, hits hits the mark. And then the remake, or I guess rather not the remake, the, uh, the sequel, because it's a continuation of the story in many respects, is the one... The, the first one, at least, at the very least, that came out with, with The Rock, I really did like that one. I thought it paid a lot of respect to the source material. It referenced the source material, so it wasn't trying just to erase everything or change everything. And all of the actors, I think, did a great job capturing their their personas, the personas of the younger actors that they were portraying. And I, I thought that it was very clever. And so, I actually, I liked it so much more than I thought I was going to. So, yeah, I, I think that the first one especially is great. Second one is not as good because obviously there's just a lot of hitting of the same beats and the same types of jokes, but I still do appreciate the comedy in there because to me, the part that really sells that second one for me, at least rather the third in the series completely, is having The Rock do an impersonation of like someone like, <laughs> like was it Danny DeVito? And then having Kevin Hart's character do a iteration of, ah, I forget, but just seeing those actors play very different types, I, I really appreciated that part of it. All right, let's see. Laura tagged and said, my family was wondering what I was laughing at last night as I watched the horrid What If Captain Britain episode, The Horror. Yeah, I, I have not watched any of it. I have no desire to watch any of it either. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, if, if you put a, a female face on a male body, 
it's just it really just boggles my mind because we talk about obviously the differences between men and women and you know the masculine form and the feminine form it's just amazing to me that in modern day society right in modern day hollywood the concept is let's do away with anything that is feminine let's do away with anything essentially the only way that we can portray women as strong is if we masculinize uh, rather make them masculine i was going to say masculinize but make them masculine better way of saying it and it just really uh, it boggles the mind it really does because there is just so much that they could do that could show a strong female character and still also recognize that she is a female character and therefore will have feminine traits it just again I, I don't quite understand this obsession that they have with going against that but man oh man uh, god god help you uh, watching that series from what i've been hearing about it we got the banshee what's going on banshee so for anyone uh, i've mentioned her before so once again a shout out to the banshee she is the one who has uh designed and developed all of the animated Odins in all the thumbnails. So if you have been a fan of any of the thumbnails in recent videos over the past month or so, you can thank the Banshee for designing those uh, characters. I love them. I love using them. They always make me so incredibly happy uh, just being able to put them into the thumbnails. And it's it's been really awesome. So thank you again, uh, Banshee, for designing those and shout out to you. Glad to have you here. See, Andrew Hoyle, who is a member, says the series is yes, they did give Princess Irulan more of a story. She didn't really have it in the book, but other than that, it's pretty spot on. Okay, so the miniseries is apparently pretty accurate to the book. I assume that you were having a conversation with someone else, but hey, that's what happens when members' comments get read in the way that they do. General Wingster, what is going on? Glad to have you here. We got just another red shirt. What's going on? Just another red shirt. Hail to you. Thank you for joining. Forever Sci-Fi, what's going on? Good, sir. Another member on the channel. Hail to you. Uh, let's see. 13th Warrior also in the chat. Hail to you, 13th Warrior. Appreciate you being here this evening. Thank you for spending time out of your day. Biver Hobbit, what's going on? He's back to say, open letter to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Screw your freedom. Screw his movies. Yes, I agree. Man, speak of uh, of people that really just kind of screwed. <laughs> he really screwed himself over with, with those comments. Like, in what world did he think that he would get away <laughs> with telling people, yeah, screw your freedom? It's like, how would you think that you would be able to really continue? Like, if you are a fan of or if you were a fan of Schwarzenegger, it's like that to me is going to turn off anything that he does from this point forward. Not that he's been doing a whole lot of good stuff lately anyway, but I could see how that could even potentially impact the way that people view some of his older films. Typically, I am able to separate art from the artists from from a lot of things. It's not always the case. So I think that I could obviously still go back and watch Terminator 2, for instance. That film is still going to be great, no matter how much of an ass <laughs> Schwarzenegger is or not. But it just, I, I don't see what positive he saw in saying that. What in the world could he be, what was he thinking at that point? Like, what was that for? That Like, there's, because if that is honestly what he believes, that tells me a lot more as far as the troubling mindset that he's adopted. <laughs> like, it's bad. 
Let's see. See if Trixie. What's going on? Trixie says, considering how the MCU is looking after Black Widow and the upcoming financial failures of Shang-Chi and Eternals, it's not likely Spider-Man or Doctor Strange will help down the line. Here's the thing. We, me and uh, John the Flick Pick actually talked about this on our podcast the other day, and we are pretty much in agreement that the upcoming Spider-Man film set to come out in December, there's no way. There's no way Spider-Man is coming out in December. I, I just can't see it, especially since, to my knowledge, we don't even have a trailer. I don't even know if they're done filming, like if the movie's even in the can. So I don't see how that film could possibly still get a December release. And I think Disney is looking at all of these numbers. They're looking at these releases and they're thinking to themselves, yeah, we probably going to need to push this back a little bit. And that's the issue because it really is a self-defeating proposition because when the studios are failing... Obviously, that's something that I am happy with because they're putting out garbage tier films. But when the studios fail, so do the theaters. And obviously, that that makes me upset because I still very much love the theaters. And then at the same time as well, when these studios make the decisions that they're making that hurt the theaters, they are, again, making it so that these theaters aren't even going to be around when they finally decide to start putting out their big budget films again and try and get people back into the habit of going to the theater again, but there's not going to be theaters for them to show it in. So everything about this is completely self-defeating on every single level. And it really is just sad because the theater owners are the ones that are getting screwed in all of this. It really is. And uh, Tina, I'm going to have to say you're wrong. it's It's a style over substance film. I think we can talk about the as far as the practical effects that were used being innovative, but as far as the movie itself, I, I mean, again, it's it's a difficult book and story to adapt from what I've been told of those who've who've read the novel. But to say it's it's a good movie, I mean, it, it's really hard for me to even to even give that <laughs> to even give that a second thought. Remember, sci-fi. There's a member who says I just rewatched the original Dune and didn't like it. When you have to use so much inner dialogue, it's not a good movie. So boring. The Sega Genesis game had more depth. Yeah, and obviously that is trying to, I think, pay respect to the novelization, rather, to the novel, rather. And I think that's one of the issues with this story and, and the adaptation. But also, it's not even just that. I think it's the way that it's presented. It is the way in which it is presented. I, I think that if anyone is going to be able to do it justice, I think Denis Villeneuve is one of the better names in modern Hollywood to be able to do that. It's still not a guarantee at this point, but he has not really let down any of the projects that he has worked on. Doesn't mean everyone's like the projects that he's worked on, but I think that he has been able to deliver in every way that he possibly can as far as presenting the films in the best way possible. I don't think anyone would look to a Denis Villeneuve film and say that the movie was poorly made. They may say they didn't like it. They, they may say that they didn't understand it. They may even say that the story is convoluted, right? But no one, I think, would ever say that it's not a well-made movie as far as cinematography, as far as the general scope and feel, right? General direction. So I, I think that he, he would be a good person for it. But David Lynch, and I mean, in the movies that I've seen from him, which I know is not many, but the ones that I've seen, it's just more than enough. It's very clear that he is so much more focused on style and and does not care at all about substance. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people typically are not David Lynch fans. He has a very, I think, niche fan da- uh, fandom and fan base at this point. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's really difficult for me 
to to get behind any of his work. It really is. All right. Let us see. Andrew Hoyle, who's a member, says, Think John Krasinski is, is an executive producer on the show. That would make a lot of sense. I think that would absolutely would make a lot of sense. General Winkser then says, Odin is old, therefore a classic. I'm not old. I'm not that old. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Nick Nero tagged to say, uh, Cars become classics after 25 years. Also, Jack Ryan is awesome. Okay, I assume you're talking about the show. So that is pretty cool. And I don't know if cars and movies are, are held to the same standard or if we can hold them to the same standard. I don't know about that one, to be honest. I guess, uh, does anyone have a thought on that? Uh, what's going on, too, you? Thank you for being over on Odyssey. Remember, if you are on any platform, doesn't matter the platform, at Odin at the very beginning of your comments if you want it to be either read out loud or question answered. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, TV series The White Lotus is one to see. I loved it. Okay, interesting. I actually just started on Prime the documentary Val, and I'm only about five minutes in, and I'm already loving it. So, and I, I wouldn't call myself a Val Kilmer fan as far as seeing most of the work he's done. I, I've seen, I think, some of his bigger roles. So, you know, obviously Tombstone, his role as Batman, right, as Bruce Wayne in Batman Forever, and films like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as well. And I, I think that having just have that basic foundation of, of the roles that he has done, obviously Top Gun as well, it's, I think, really, it's... I don't know. It's one of these weird things. It's just so far in the first five minutes, it's just an incredibly well-made documentary. And it's a story that I never thought I would have wanted to know more about. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, I want to learn more about this guy. Like I, I went in wanting to just know more about his recent health issues and how he's going in the healing process and what that's been like for him. Because for me, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I remember he appeared in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie. And I was just so like, oh my gosh, like what happened to Val Kilmer? Like I, I had just had, had had no idea because I hadn't really been following his career. But now I'm just, I'm so much more interested in in what he's done and also in in the story that he's telling. I don't know. See, JKDBuck76 says, hello from Cincinnati, the home of the Reds. Nice. James Dachier then says, pick your five favorite directors. For me, it's Spielberg, Scorsese, Zemeckis, Tarantino, and Donner. I hate when people ask me to do lists because I can never think of them off the top of my head. So I'm a, I am like Scorsese. I like Tarantino. Definitely uh, two of the top. Denis Villeneuve, for sure. And, oh, man. You see, a lot of people, I think, would go for people like Spielberg and Zemeckis. And even though Zemeckis did one of my favorite trilogies of all time in Back to the Future, he's also done more recent films that I haven't been as as much of a fan of. And the same with Spielberg. In fact, Spielberg's made films that I've downright hated. Ready Player One, I hated that movie. And now he's got West Side Story remake coming out as well. So it's really hard to, I think, come up with a list like that. But I think Tarantino has been solid for a long time. Scorsese has also, again... The the Irishman, I think, is not a perfect movie, but I think that Scorsese has been pretty consistent for the most part. But I think Tarantino probably one could argue is is the most one of the most consistent directors working, and I think it's because he's so 
careful with the projects that he picks and he's always incredibly passionate about it and he always puts forth great work even if it's not maybe not your genre or it's not your favorite of his of his films or of his movies so yeah i put tarantino scorsese and then denis villeneuve there's my top three i can only think of three at this at this moment again nolan's great too but nolan's also made some some pretty bad movies so <laughs> or at least some some films that really are are ones that you don't want to watch again i guess you could say all right, Laura has changed the channel. It's it's it, her channel name is Laura MMG Story. Nice, very cool. Gmax76 tag to say only two movies I would put up with the mask rules for are John Wick Four and Top Gun Two. Everything else I watch at home. Films will be lucky to make eight hundred million dollars now. Oh, if you mean some of the biggest budget films, dude, not even that high. A film's lucky even to get past like six hundred million. Like, think about the films that have actually passed $600 million this year, in the last year and a half. It's really only, like, a couple. And even those movies aren't really financial success stories, because most of them... Yeah, actually, the both I can think of... Yeah, because Fast Furious 9, I think, is one of the few that's actually passed $600 million. But the issue is, over $200 million of that came from China. And they're only going to get $50 million <laughs> because of the way the deals work with China. So... It's yeah, it's it's one of those things where worldwide the best case scenario at this point, like the peak that is that a film can expect is around 600 million, which is already kind of pushing whether or not it's profitable or not, depending on the the budget of the movie. And then if a lot of it is going to be coming from China, then it's just a no brainer at that point. That's not it's not going to be profitable. See, Brian Barth says, have you seen the John Wick series? If so, what are your thoughts on them? Bro, where have you been? Brian Barth, you've been around long enough to hear me talk about how much I love the John Wick series. In fact, uh, Laura, uh, the Modern Major General story, just recently won the 4K Steelbook of the uh, trilogy. And by the way, it reminds me, I am, I've fallen very far behind on sending out giveaways. So Andrew Hoyle, I still need to send out a replacement of your, your 4K win. I still don't know exactly what happened to the original. I was going to try and go through Amazon customer service, but because I got it from the Amazon UK website, it just, it seems pretty convoluted. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and get you another one and try and make sure it gets sent your way. So I still need to work on that. I still need to send Laura's victory out. And then also Jonathan Carney won the 4k Steelbook of Sicario. And so I need to send that one out too. So if you've won, uh, I think those are the only, I think those are the only three that I have yet to send out and fulfill. So I will try and get those out as soon as I possibly can. So thank you all for your patience. And also, I, I do plan to get some more giveaways up and running pretty soon because I still have this, this stack of Blu-rays, or rather, this stack of 4Ks next to me, including Quiet Place Part 2 Steelbook. I also got another of the John Wick trilogy, Top Gun, Steelbook 4K, more of the Sicario. I also have uh, Snatch as well. So I also have uh, Dread on 4K Steelbook too. So I got tons of stuff to give away. But school year has just made everything pretty crazy. Dadmawonky55, what's going on, dude? Says, good evening, everyone. We'll only be here for a limited time, but we'll enjoy the time. Well, thank you, Dadmawonky55. I always feel bad because whenever you join and, and you're only here for a limited time, by the time I get to your comment, you have to go. I already see that, that someone's saying good later to you. So, well, thank you for stopping by. All right, the K-Man is a member, says, out-of-print movies are never cheap. When I had to replace my copy of Interstate 60, the cheapest I could find was $60, and that was for a movie not really well-known. Man, yeah, and and that's also, it, it doesn't matter what the, it does not matter what the format is either. 
Like you could be spending that much money for a DVD. There are early edition of, of, of the Criterion Collection, for instance, that only ever got a DVD release, which are out of print and are, are just insane amount of money. And those, I think, make me the most upset because those are films that are typically ones that, if they haven't been released on Blu-ray, should be released on Blu-ray. And the, by the very fact that it's costing as much as it is, it means that they just haven't been. And since I have had the Criterion channel, I know that most of these have 4K scans because they, they put up the high quality 4K uh, resolution or rather the, um, I think it only uh, renders at 2K through the actual app itself, but still they're, they're going to be based off of a 4K scan nonetheless. So I, I know these high quality versions of the films, like the one that I really want is Lower Depths. Because it's a brilliant Kurosawa movie. I love that film so much. And the only version available that was released was by Criterion. And it was in a double DVD pack. So not only was it not released by itself, but it was released only on DVD. And so it's like, I mean, I want to have it, but I, I don't want the DVD version of it because... I've I've only ever seen and I know that the Blu-ray edition exists. I know the high quality edition exists and it just bothers me so much when these studios just don't put out updated versions of their films. At this point, just DVD is just so outdated. There's no reason for, for anything to be put out just in DVD anymore. Jacob 76 says, if you were stranded on an island, you had two movies to take with you, what would they be? Hmm. Yeah, it's very different than your favorite films of all time. So I would probably go with Back to the Future and hmm, Casablanca. Because that is not only one of my favorites of all time, it's, it's one that I, I could watch over and over again. I, I think that that Desert Island collection could probably change too. Uh, do you think film like matters, says James Dossier? Not really. I, I mean, because here's the thing. A film can feel long that's only 90 minutes. It's the pacing that matters. It's the pacing and the editing that matters, not the runtime. Jacob X76, is there a movie you saw years ago and didn't like, but liked it uh, liked it later after you grew up? That's a pretty good question. I, I don't know if I can think of one that's from like years and years and years ago. I can think of a couple where, upon my initial viewing, I wasn't as crazy about it. So one recently, I guess in more recent times, I could say, I think it came back I want to say it came out, what, 2015 or so? Interstellar. When I saw Interstellar the first time, when I was loving everything, and then they get to the moment when Matthew McConaughey's character basically ejects out of the spaceship in space. And that that scene always bothered me because the, the ship is literally being crushed by the pressure within the black hole. And he ejects, and he's perfectly fine. And I'm like, logically, that doesn't make any sense. But when I went back and rewatched it, I was able to get past that. And I was able to, because obviously they, they kind of go down a, a pretty deep rabbit hole as well in theoretical physics uh, with the way that he interacts with his daughter through um, the library scene. But going into the film a second time, knowing that was going to happen, I was actually able to appreciate it a lot better. I was actually able to appreciate it a lot better. Uh, let's see. Alex McCarthy says, what if Roman Reigns was entertaining? Now that's a what if right there. That is for sure. And it's definitely not going to happen. So, <laughs> Robert Frey, what's going on? Thank you for stopping by today. Let's see, Rosie G12 says, Women don't need to be built like a dude to be strong. There are many kinds of strength. Making a woman look like a man is insulting to womanhood. It is. 
and yet it has been consistently the way in which women have been betrayed. Unfortunately. There's a warrior. At least they've evened things out while masculinizing women. Men can now be women. Oh, yes. Let's... <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Let's just say chromo chromosomes matter. Brian Barr says, who is better, Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Uh, do you mean, like, in, in what? you got to give me a little more context than that. I... I my favorite movie from the two actors would be a Schwarzenegger film that would be T2 as far as uh, yeah I, I guess Schwarzenegger in that in that instance but I do like some Stallone uh, Laura says Arnold is just like my old mother-in-law once you get old you just lose your filter yeah it definitely seems that way for sure See, Forever Sci-Fi, I bought in on Mahler and Rags plushies. Will there ever be an Odin plushie? I don't know about that. I mean, I, I got shirts. I got I got merch and stuff, but I don't know if I'd ever go down the route of a plushie. I don't know who would really want that, to be honest. Uh, Slice of Neon says, greetings and bienvenue. So I have no idea which will be worse, live action Powerpuffs as SJW feminists or live action Last Airbender as crap high school drama. I'm pretty sure we could say Powerpuffs at this point. Because Airbender might be bad, but Powerpuffs is going to be insufferable. Like, I think that we can agree they're both going to be bad. But I think there's one that's clearly going to be the series that makes people want to, like, pull their hair out. For those that have hair. Uh, Eagle Rider, what's going on, Rosetta? Alan, what's going on? Andrew Hoyle then says, screw your movies, Arnie. Do it now. Do it. What are you waiting for? Davin Walking says, Arnold contributed to the last Terminator debacle. He's way, way gone. That's a very good point, for sure. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Pasta La Twista, Arnold. Pasta La Twista. ZK Man says, Arnold wish he had a Chapa to get to after that comment. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. Remember Sci-Fi, I made it known that if my employer mandates vaccine, I will quit. Screw Arnold. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is one of those things where luckily... Um, there are several, in my at least in my position, there are several priests in, I haven't really checked in my own area, but I know that across the country, there are a lot of bishops and priests that are uh, very supportive of uh, religious exemption, which there is. There, there is clearly a religious exemption um, for especially Christians and Catholics uh, with this because every single vaccine currently available in some way, what, in some way has been touched by abortion. And because of that, there is a moral, um, there is a absolutely legitimate moral reason to resist it until an alternative that isn't touched by it um, comes into view. And as of this point, it has not happened. And see, Andrew Hall says, I didn't even realize there was a Spider-Man movie this year. Yeah, seriously, I always I keep forgetting it. And then I was I was doing the podcast with John, and and we were looking at the release calendar. And sure enough, once I got to December, I was like, dang, I totally didn't even realize that there was a Spider-Man film coming out this year. And I don't think it is. Uh, Daniel Thorne, what's going on over on Odyssey? Sorry, over on DLive. What's going on, Daniel Thorne? Part of the DLive fam. Thanks you for being in the chat over there. See, Nathan Slay tagged and said, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously an idiot, but I will still very much uh, love the first two Terminator films and Predator. Yeah, I mean, I could still very much go back and, and still enjoy those films for sure. Let's see, uh, Tina B, tag to say. Yeah, and Denise's movie is going to be trash with his tramp being propped up just saying. His tramp? What do you mean his tramp? Who Who's his tramp? The, here's the thing. 
if anything is going to be bad about the movie, it's going to be the box office. And and this is, again, th- this could totally change once the film actually comes out. But there has been not a single film that he has put out yet that has been really bad. Again, there's 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 been films that have been incredibly confusing and convoluted. And I think there's absolutely valid arguments that can be made for films like, for instance, Arrival and the story being convoluted. I think that's a valid valid criticism, but none of the films have actually been bad. So there is a lot to suggest that this film is at the very least going to be well-made. And the trailer is incredibly well done as well. It's incredibly well done. Uh, Let's see. uh, Tina B then says, sorry, I shouldn't have called her a tramp. I don't know that. I just suspect she and he is now propping her up like Feige to Brie Larson. I don't know. I don't understand that at all. If you're talking about Zendaya, in what way is is he propping her up? She's she's in the movie. She's playing a character, and she's she's not she's not a terrible actress either. I'm not saying that she's a classic Hollywood star in the making, but she's not at all a a bad actor. Mr. Roy, what's going on? Glad to see you here. Andrew Hoyle then says, I used to see you. Come to think of it, that might have been McBain from The Simpsons. Uh, Grubdig, what's going on? Says, what do you think of Fury Road and Furiosa was really the star? Yeah, and that's the thing, is that I I like the movie. However, I think there is completely a valid argument to say it is not a Mad Max movie, because it really isn't. It, It is a Furiosa movie. Mad Max is a side character. And I think that one could also make the argument of the character not being consistent with iterations that were done in in the previous films i think that is totally legitimate but as a movie like as an independent film itself i mean i gotta give kudos to the cinematography on that film is beautiful like the cinematography is freaking gorgeous on that movie and the effects the practical effects and the stunt teams on that film deserve so much credibility rather deserve so much credit and deserve so much love like it 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 really is mind-blowing what they were able to do with that Evan S says, "I uh, the mirror that Mirror Max Mir- Mirror Max was a Weinstein company, but Little Voice, Strictly Ballroom, and Love's Labor's Lost are great films. I haven't actually seen those." Uh, J.M. Cruz, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Yeah, I had seen John Campy. I was watching a little bit of the very beginning of the Real BBC, and they showed that clip of John Campia showing it a bunch of love, dude. When he said the comment, when John Campia actually said that Shang-Chi was, had the best martial arts in a film since The Raid, I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, it, it is clearly a, a shill move on his part to say something like that. It's like, what have you even been watching since The Last Raid? Because <laughs> also, notice how he says The Raid, it's like, what about The Raid 2? Some pretty good martial arts in that. There's been a lot of other films also that have come out too that have had some pretty good. But and also, how can you even argue that when in the trailer we we get to see an, a concept and an early idea of what the martial arts is going to look like, and it doesn't look very good. Now it's just a trailer, but trailers do usually give away a lot more than they should. There's a warrior says, I guess Schwarzenegger isn't a devotee of the Austrian School of Economics and the Mises Institute. Oh no, absolutely not, for sure. 
Uh, Rosie 12. I always thought, perhaps wrongly, that Kilmer is a narcissist. Something about him to me is off-putting. Of course, I pray he recovers. Well, I know. I think that that is something that I think that this might actually feed into that because he has like thousands of hours worth of footage. But I, I don't know. I think that he is such an interesting person that I think one could kind of almost look past the narcissism into the story he's trying to tell. Because it's not about like, look at me and look, look at how amazing I am. And again, I'm only five minutes in, so so it's hard for me to really even say, like, with any sense of authority that I even know what the story's going to be. Just the way it's presented right now, I, I really, again, I'm just enjoying it. I don't know what else to say about it. Laura says, can you do a list of everything you hate? <sighs> According to some people in my comments, I hate everything, but you all know that's not true because I love the films. For instance, this year alone, Nobody, amazing, fantastic film, Boss Level, solid, fantastic film, uh, Quiet Place Part 2. Awesome, solid, fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's been many, many great films that have been coming out this year. Um, or rather, sorry, th- there's been a few really great films to come out this year in a sea of mostly just that. Father Christopher Miller says, two great early Val Kilmer movies from the 80s, Top Secret and Real... Is that supposed to say Genius or Guinness? It says Real Guinness, but I think it's supposed to say... <laughs> genius. Uh, Rose 12 says, what do you think of Ron Howard's films? Some of them are pretty good. Because he did, yeah, he did a Paul, he did a Paul 13, right? Yeah. So he's done some pretty good films, but then he also did, was it in the Heart of the Sea, the one that he did with Chris Hemsworth or whatever, and the CGI just looked really bad, and it was kind of boring, like, (laughs) Uh, Bruce, what's going on? So I'd say he's a pretty mixed bag. Definitely a mixed bag. Uh, Liquid Blake, what's going on? Thank you for being in the chat, good sir. See Nathan Slay, tag to say, where does David Fincher rank in terms of directors for you? I think he's really good. David Fincher is also pretty good. David Fincher, and it's funny because I don't confuse the directors as far as their movies between David Lynch and David Fincher, but in my head, I almost always say the opposite. So now that I have a better idea and grasp of of David Lynch and and my dislike of his films, um, yeah, David Fincher is also is also a very solid director. He's also insane, uh, according to people who've worked with him on set, um, with the number of takes that he'll he'll have his actors do. But I will definitely say that Mank was also a fantastic film uh, to come out. I, I really enjoyed Mank. I, I thought that it was it was pretty solid. Uh, see, Punk Waddle, what's going on? Thank you for being here, member on the channel. Uh, DadmanWalkie55, you have a good night. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. See, Biffer the Hobbit says, John Campia, yeah, exactly. Best comic movie since Logan, he said. Yeah, so yeah, not just The Raid, but then he also said it was the best comic book movie since Logan. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, you're putting it at that level. I kind of want someone to go back and look at his reviews for the other Marvel comic films because I guarantee you he has probably something similar as far as the wording is concerned. I mean, it's clearly the dude is just like, oh, Disney, I'm at the Disney event, and they're giving me a lot of free stuff. Ah. See, Rob D says, hey, Odin, movies are going to be big time suck for the next three to five years if you combine political correctness, bad writing, and no low-budget special effects on top of that. Here's the thing, Rob D, is that I would say for the vast majority of wide releases, yes. But I do think that there are going to be gems. I, I, I mentioned a few of them today. I, I think that there are still going to be some pretty good gems out there. They just might be harder to find. Another one that I really enjoyed this year was Blood Red Sky. Did not expect that film 
to again not a movie that i would have watched on my own but someone recommended it i checked it out and i was like dang this was a lot of fun uh jacob 76 says reagan was feared when that mofo said something he meant it uh forever sci-fi have you had a chance to see any of the police academy series no actually have not yeah jacob buck i i would say that's a probably a, a very uh appropriate comparison for sure let's see Hardwick is now talking about the EFAP stream. Yeah, the verdict is that the story sucked. The verdict is that the story sucked. Just because they might have been able to say that subjectively it's enjoyable, it's still an objectively bad film. So, point case in point, still made. <laughs> and also, like, this has already been brought up, dude. See, Hardwick then says, the EFAP guys also felt that Weasel was one of the best and funniest parts of the movie and that the CGI on him was excellent. Well, it wasn't. When you compare the CGI on him to King Shark, it was a complete waste of money. So I don't know what they were watching. I don't know what they were watching at all. But uh, but Harwick, dude, again, I sometimes like I appreciate whenever you come in with information that I'm not aware of, but sometimes I honestly feel like you come in just trying to start stuff, to be honest. I don't know. Like that that's just the impression that I get. Kind of, it kind of, kind of gets to me. Jackie Buck seventy six says, "Interstellar for people who like two thousand one Space Odyssey, but don't have three hours." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Joey Horn, what's going on, dude? Thank you again for becoming a new member over on Patreon. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Fat Stevens, <laughs> oh gosh, Fat Steven, hashtag Crisco Core. Thank you for becoming a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level. Appreciate it, man. See Joey Horn then tagged to say, "Hollywood seems to have gingers and women." that look like women crazy times we are in what to had oh to hate to hate gingers and women that look like women yes i would agree it definitely seems like there is a trend going in that direction for sure see fp sunny oh and the holy man deserves more viewers thank you fp sunny appreciate it man Jacob by 76 interstellar was good i enjoyed it love movies where they go on an alien planet the water planet dude no, my favorite part of that movie was when they dealt with relativity when they dealt with the planet closest to the uh, to the uh, black hole and how time worked. That just was brilliant. I, I love that stuff. Her sci-fi. I always felt like because the black hole was artificial, so the people who lived in it created it could help Matthew's character survive. But here's the thing. The film establishes that the people who created it were humans. Again, it, it just I think there is a bit of an issue there. Like, And for that film, there aren't too many. But that is, I think, a, a pretty big one. Uh, Rosie 12 says you should make a chromosomes matter t-shirt I'd buy several I bet you would I still have I think I still have my little piece of paper that I put up on Friday night tights when I can uh, Punk Waddle says in years past Halloween let men dress as women and women dress even more provocatively now I guess we'll just have as many women dressed up as men yeah I mean and I've always even had an issue with Halloween in general for a lot of things but um, yeah I, I yeah I, I think it's a very good point though Andrew Hall Stallone's podcast with Kurt Metzger is way better than anything from Arnie yeah, I think Stallone, as as the years have gone on, has has, has grown to be a pretty awesome dude. Uh, JKD Buck says, Gordon's alive! There you go. There you go. All right. Let us see. Elizabeth Lyon says, I got mine. I don't know what you got, but <laughs> I hope it's good. So, uh, Hardwick, I haven't really heard people say that. Here's the thing, though. Clearly, it's a masculine body. 
it is a male body that they've slapped a female face onto. So the whole flat chested, I, I don't know anything about it, but I can say just from the images that have just the basic images that are out there, it's clearly a male form with a female face. So, ah, man. Okay, so I guess it was Zendaya that she was going... Again, I, I don't see the... Or let's see, Tina says, Zendaya, who he is saying is going to be the star when a man props up a woman that way, he's going to do something with her. No, not necessarily, Tina. I, I think that that might just be the director saying... Because sometimes that does happen in movies where you have a vision and then in the process of the film, a performance is given that elevates it to the next level. So we'll find out, like when the movie comes out, we'll have a very good idea of whether that happened or not. Until it's come out though, and until we actually see the performance, we really can't say anything like that. Because for all we know, it could just be that, hey, in the process of the movie, she truly shined and is is going to be, it's again that common way of saying it, right? She's a star. She's going to be a star. It's not the, oh, I'm going to make this movie all about her. It's, hey, through the process of the film, her character and her performance really shined forth, and I think that people are going to appreciate it. That That's how I take that at this point. Again, until the movie comes out and we actually see the performance, we really can't say anything otherwise. And and again, she she's not a bad actress. Let's see. Uh, Tina then said, he said that she's the star of the movie and the lead protagonist. Uh, Chani isn't the lead. Sorry, did he read the books? Again, I haven't even read the books, but again, we'll have to, I guess, watch the movie at this point. And it's clear based on the trailer that they are presenting Timothy Chalamet as the star of the movie. He might be, again, she might just be a star. But again, until the movie comes out, he can say anything he wants. But until the film actually comes out and we see it, we won't really know exactly what's going on. James Ossier says, is there an actor you can't stand to watch? I can't stand to watch Brad Pitt. I think he's not a very smart person. I like Brad Pitt in some of the films that he's done. Like, I think he's given some good performances. Probably the best one in recent memory was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought he was great in that. Definitely, definitely was great in that. I agree, Elizabeth Lyons, for sure. Yeah, she's definitely not MJ. And to be fair, and again, I think this is stupid how they did this, by the way. I don't like how they did this. But to be fair, she is not Mary Jane Watson. They did at least establish that, right? They did establish that she is not that character. However, by having her still be MJ, it's like having her still very much be that character, but not be that character is obviously very like, blah. Like, so, yeah. But again, as far as her performance, it's not a bad performance. She's not a bad actress. But yeah, I I definitely, again, I totally agree with that assessment. And Keck44, totally agree as well. Absolutely. I, I am one of the persons where I, I don't give a darn about Charlize Theron. I think that she's insane. Just the way that she is raising her kids, which is essentially child abuse, I, I think is awful. And I'm not a big fan of hers in general. Like I'm not a big fan of her work in general. But what I will say is the movie around her is is pretty great in that. Let's see, uh, Nathan Slay says, Would you say that after Shyamalan's new release, Shyamalan's film quality has just gotten old? It's so hard to say. He is such a weird dude. He is such a weird filmmaker. Because he had, like, I remember the whole story when Split came out. And it was this just the smash hit success. And everyone was like, boom, Shyamalan and Ding Dong's back, baby. And then he had Glass. And it fell off in the third act and 
now we have old and it, it just was there were so many great ideas there were so many cool ideas and concepts in that movie and it, it just didn't pan out it just didn't work the, the story just was so convoluted it, it kind of it, it ate itself apart like when you watch that film and you watch it play out you, you start to realize that it is just defeating itself as it's going through Yes, Joey Horn, I agree. He's absolutely king of the shills. Let's see. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, he was paid in goodie bags, buffet, and free ticket. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's why, as Gary always puts it, right, that's why they're called the access media. Because they're given not just early access, but they're given, like, pristine access, right? They're given long before anyone else, like, way before everyone else. They're then given all this stuff. And then why do you think? And it's it's actually brilliant, it's actually brilliant on the part of the studios, in this case, Disney, because they're like, yeah, let's get these high high profile, and obviously, I'm not a fan of his, but I, again, based on follower count and things like that, I would say high profile would, I guess, work. We all know who his name is, so again, I think that kind of is an indication of itself, but yeah, you get a bunch of higher profile people who have a lot of followers, a lot of social media pull, and you give them a bunch of free stuff, and then show them your movie early, even if they're not a big fan of it, the experience is going to already elevate their their experience. Like it would be if you were brought to if you were flown out to a Hollywood premiere to a movie that was bad, but the premiere was awesome, that has that ability to cloud your judgment or at the very least make you more willing to be a little bit more kind to the film, I guess you could say. But yeah, See, there's more. It says many employers are not aware of the vaccines that have used fetal cells for testing. They think since none were used in the Moderna vaccine itself, they're okay. Yeah, because that's the thing is that in I forget which one. In one of the cases of the main ones, it was used in testing, whereas in another one, it was actually used in the development. But in either case, it was a part of its development, right? In either case, it was a part of the development of the vaccine. Just one has a direct tie and the other one, it was done through testing. And in either case, you have a connection to to an evil. And so therefore, that brings up a very clear uh, moral issue and problem. Dan Thorne says, I thought given your background and occupation, you'd be able to see the usual suspect's villain was since he represents the devil. See, I, I didn't know that, and I think the reason why is because, I guess, is it because of, like, Kaiser Soze? Because I don't really know, I, I don't know what that is from, Kaiser Soze, as far as, like, the name is concerned. Yeah, because I'm, I'm very specific in, like, for my background, it's it's Catholic theology. Let's see here. Gubdig says, you F, your FNT cohort as has been streaming for six and a half hours. Yeah, dude, it's insane. I When I checked, I kept checking, uh... Uh, on YouTube and, and seeing what was going on. And every time I'd be like, wait, as is still streaming. Wait, the real BBC is still going. And then I remembered, Oh, that's right. The long man's on there. <laughs> so, so why wouldn't he? Jacob 76 says two best martial arts movies would be fist of legend and the legend of drunken master as a martial artist. I'm picky. Well, to be fair, he did say since like the best one since the raid. So he's trying to say of, of recent memory, the raid has some pretty awesome, uh, fighting in it, by the way. Raid 2 as well, but Raid 1 is, is a better film. There's a warrior tied in. Tyson Foods denied some employees exemptions because they think that of the misinformation about fetal cells. Dang, that's ridiculous. 
it, it's you can find it. I mean, there's a great website called uh, Children of God. Uh, shorthand is COG, and they give you the full breakdown. They can actually tell you the year, like the actual year that the child used in the cases um, was, like what year that child came into existence. And I think both are from 1970, actually, in uh, the cases of the, of the of the two vaccines. J.M. Cruz says, has Campia watched The Night Comes for Us? Uh, Tom Young-Gong and Ong Bak enter the dragon, etc. Seems like shilling alongside TDS is terminal disease. Only proper cure is a Noden bit. Well, again, to be fair, some of those are a little bit older. Again, the raid is a little bit more recent. Ong Bak is fantastic. Also, I just picked up... Um, there's this really cool uh, website. It's called Hamilton Books, and you can get a bunch of Blu-rays for for pretty cheap. And so I, I actually picked this up the other day because I, I hadn't owned it. But The Protector. I mean, it's a pretty weird story because it's about a guy's elephant who gets stolen. He's trying to get his elephant back. So that premise alone, you're like, yeah. But then you see the fighting in this, and holy crap. Like, Tony Jaa is just phenomenal. Like, this thing is, is a, such a fun movie. Ong Bak also is fantastic, too. It's also Tony Jaa. But this is great. So if you've never seen The Protector, again, it's got a very odd story, I guess you could say. But man, oh, man, it is phenomenal if you've never seen it. All right. Some comments, I think, may have gotten skipped as we're catching up to the, the chat over here. Because y'all going crazy tonight. Sunny B says, hello. What's going on, 70B? Welcome to the chat. Orange I Reviews, who's a member, says, after I heard a tapping as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my YouTube notifications, quote the Odin nevermore. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> Daniel Thorne, there is a screening for Shang-Chi here tonight, so the suffering has already begun for fans. Dang, dude. Why, why aren't you going to see it? Get the, get the early access, man. Yeah, I liked Mank. I, I did. I really enjoyed that film a lot. It was one of my favorite films of last year. Harwick always gets a kick out of the anti-piracy ads for the Pirates of the Caribbean. Nice. All righty. Let's see. Elizabeth Lyons was a member. Says Nathan. Oh, talking to Nathan. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't see the at symbol there. So I just assumed. All right. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Um, you didn't tag, but I saw this. Yeah, Bruce. It, it just came out today. Hitman Wise Bodyguard. I still need to watch it. I just finished the Hitman's Bodyguard. And oh, man, the CG in that movie is pr- pretty awful. Like, really, really bad. Like, several times, especially at the end. However, it is, it is pretty fun. I did, I did find enjoyment in it. It's not a good movie, but it was, it was fun. Objectively bad. Subjectively, I enjoyed it. Andrew Hoyle says, finish the sentence. Where's the context? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I'm going to finish it. Where's the context on that? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's see. Daniel Thorne over on DLive says, Would you rather have a peanut butter cheeseburger or Hawaiian burger with pineapple, avocado, pickles, cashew nuts, and onions? Uh, Peanut butter burger. Peanut butter cheeseburger. Any day. Any day I would have that. Uh, Hardwick True Lies is still both my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and my favorite James Cameron movie. It's hilarious. See, Elizabeth Lyons says, at school today, I had to fill out paper and give my pronouns. No, Elizabeth Lyons, no. 
Oh, it's one of the it's one of the many benefits of working at a private Catholic institution is we don't have that we don't have that nonsense. <laughs> oh no. And if that ever did happen, I'd be like, no, because at this point it's no, couldn't do it. Could not do that. Rowdy, Odin, another food question for you. Do you like mustard, yellow or spicy brown? I don't hate it, however, I don't like it either. So it's not something where I like would like gag if I had it. Like I, I I'm sure this happened to to everyone at some point. You get something from a fast food restaurant, you ask for it plain like I do, and then they still put you like the ketchup and mustard on it all together, and then you try and wipe it off, but it's still on the bun. And yeah, you can probably go home if you have an extra bun, you can replace it, but you don't because you're lazy and you're on the run. And so in those situations, I've actually had it where it's like the residue. It's like the residue of of mustard and, and and everything, so it's I can do it right. I can have it, but I'm, and I don't go out of my way to get mustard on it. Uh, yeah, that's right. I remember you saying that, Elizabeth Lyons. That is awesome. So glad that you got it. Yeah, luckily at this point, I don't need one. Uh, I pray that I never do, but obviously, you never know. Andrew Hoyle says Odin's Dick Van Dyke impression is problematic. Oi, what you talking about, mate? <laughs> well, you mean my Dick Van Dyke? You mean my UK impression? <laughs> uh, Rosie G12 says, Stallone at age like a fine wine and Schwarzenegger has spoiled like sk- uh, skunked beer. I think it's a great analogy. I think that is spot on. Thanos tagged to say, I just saw a commercial from Applebee's offering tickets to Jungle Ride. How much does that inflate the box office? It's still not an inflation because they still have to pay for the tickets. So it is still tickets bought. And it's not going to inflate it all that much. You're not going to be able to have $100 million worth of of tickets (laughs) sold. So I I wouldn't worry about that. But the tickets are still being paid for. So let's see. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, The Martian was a way better Matt Damon astronaut movie than Interstellar. One of the more beautiful movies the last 20 years. Those shots of him traveling alone are just amazing. I will agree. I would much rather watch The Martian again than Interstellar. I like both for very different reasons. They are very different types of movies, even though they have a very similar, I guess you could say, background with them being you know, space films. But I, I again, Matt Damon is, is, a bit of a, is a bit of a tool, but The Martian's great. Martian's hilarious, too. There's so many great things in that movie. And I, I agree, man. I think that a lot of those elements are just brilliant. Really well done. Probably one of the best uh, Ridley Scott films. It's one of the better Ridley Scott films, no doubt, but it might be even one of his best in the last 10 years or so. Another Lion says, I was going to put on Her Majesty and Her Grace. Oi, where are you now? Let's see here. By the way, Robert Barnes, thank you for being a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level. And Sandy Q, thank you for being a member as well. Nathan Thorne says, check your cookies so we can see how many you are. Oh, look at that. Um, let us see. Hardwick says, Unicron's Daily Wire movie is an adaptation of a thriller novel, White Knuckle, about a woman who hires a trucker to help her catch a serial killer who almost killed her. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that information. Uh, Evan S. then says here, if you're going to invade, Britain can plunder Doctor Who before we take the crown jewel. <laughs> we don't want it. We don't want Doctor Who. Doctor Who has been destroyed. Back in the day, we would have been like, yes, give it, give it to us. But no, 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 no. 
Uh, James asked, yeah, do you like Margot Robbie as an actress? She's very talented. She's an incredibly talented actress. It's sad that she's been kind of just stuck in this Harley Quinn role. Because it's, again, the first iteration of it in, in the first Suicide Squad movie, it was really one of the only bright spots of that film. But now it's just old. Because it, it just it has no range to it. It has no dynamism to it. So she's still a very talented actress, but it, it's sad that she's kind of been stuck with this instead. Uh, Andrew Hoyle then says, Agrippina, uh, Shani is, isn't one of the main characters at all, even though she's Paul's lady. So saying Zendaya is going to be the main star of the second movie is a bit iffy for me. And again, I, I don't really have context as far as the novels are concerned because I've never read them. And also, we have not yet seen the movie. So until we see the movie and see how it plays out, I I, I don't have much to really be concerned or angry with at this point. Jane Thorne says, how long till you celebrate your freedom by watching Free Guy? <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard some good things about it. And then John, John Fligager told me about it. And it doesn't sound like it might be uh, my kind of movie. But... Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm willing to give it a shot, but it's really going to be hard for me to go out to see a movie in general, and I feel like there are probably going to be other films coming out that I'd rather dedicate the time to actually go out and watch. Uh, so Elizabeth Lyons then says, Paul is the main character, period. Read the book. It's his journey. Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. It's what is actually going to happen in the movie. That That is the is the main thing for me. Because it's one thing for someone to say something, even if it's the director. It's another thing to actually see the film play out and see the story play out as well. We'll have to wait and see. It's about all we can do. Which goes back to the main point of what I said at the beginning. We gotta wait and see. Rowdy says, Bethesda treats Access Media the best. Their influencers get high-quality canvas bags, but their paying customers get garbage bags. Dang, son. Dang. Hey, at least they get some kind of bag. That way they can at least vomit when they're watching the film. <laughs> Capstrong, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. JKBucks76, yes, indeed. Angbok was insane and just so much fun. Once Upon a Time in China is a great for a fight film. Interesting, never seen it. Punk Waddle agrees to say The Protector is a fun movie. It is. I mean, I forget whether it's Angbok or The Protector, but one of the films, because they both feature Tony Jaa, has this amazing single shot long take where he's going up this staircase, essentially, this giant circle staircase, and he's just fighting on all the different levels. And the choreography and timing is just great. Sage says Ongbok. Okay, yeah, Ongbok, oh my gosh, dude. That entire sequence is so freaking brilliant. Protector has some really good fight scenes in it too, though. Uh, let's see, J.M. Cruz says the protector is also Tom, uh, Tom Young Gong. Oh, interesting. Okay. Didn't know that. I didn't know much about it other than I liked the movie. There's a word says, did you see Demet's Edge video about Chapik and the Shang-Chi controversy? I, I saw the title for it, but I never actually saw the film. Or sorry, I didn't actually see the video. Andrew Hoyle says, Ong Bak and Protector are awesome. Tony Jaa is absolutely insane. Dude, he is one of the most talented uh, martial artists in films today. Uh, Nathan Slay, what good movies do you think are able to overcome bad CGI? Hmm. Not many. I would say in general, if there, if it was a comedy and didn't take itself seriously, it could probably get past it. Could probably get past it at that point. 
Rhaegar Targaryen says they have a sequel coming out called the Hitman Wife's Boyfriend's Bodyguard next year. It wouldn't surprise me, but <laughs> I really hope that's not true. Uh, okay, I, someone said trigger. So I was like, what? Yeah, where's the trigger? There it is. Uh, Joey Horn tagged to say, what's your favorite Guy Ritchie movie? To be honest, probably The Gentleman. Because it was my favorite film of last year. And even though I appreciate his earlier films, they were always very hard to understand what was being said. I, I, I want to go back and rewatch them with subtitles on so I can see a little bit more. But The Gentleman, to me, was just a very well-crafted, well-written film. Also, also features some incredible performances in it as well. Hugh Grant gives the best performance of his career in that movie. I love Hugh Grant in that film. He plays such a great character. So I'm going to go with that. Obviously, it might not be everyone else's favorite, but out of the films that I've seen, it's the one that I could probably rewatch. The most, at least. Slicer Neon says, the correct answer is, where's the... Oh, okay. Obviously, goat Jurassic rules. Okay. The trigger. Oh, first I was like, trigger, what's going on? Okay, where's the, where's the trigger? There it is. Anyway, Harwick then says, what are your thoughts on the morality of using medicines that were developed by human experiments and death camps by Razzis? Some examples include uh, Shiroquin and Methadone. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think that in those cases as well, I think that there is a moral dilemma. I think, and, and really, when you look to the teachings of the church, they would argue that if you refused medicine that came from things like that, that you have a a moral right to do so. Essentially saying that it is up to one's prudential judgment, but also that it is within the realm of of morality itself to deny those those kinds of treatments that have been developed as as such. So yeah, that that would be my answer to it is that it is yet another example of something that can absolutely be denied and criticized for being used. That being said, we obviously also look to the fact that there is indeed some things, basically the concept of can good come from evil? And, and the answer is obviously yes, good can come from evil. The question is what kind of cooperation with the evil exists? You know, and, and I think that it's going to be a lot harder for someone to argue that in any way there is support for the work that was done by the Germans during that time, whereas with something like the jab, where there's obviously a lot of people, even in our own country, who support the practice that led to those human lives being treated in such a way. So I hope that again, it's a very simplified explanation to it. But essentially, if someone, if someone felt morally um, troubled by using those medicines developed. They absolutely, in their prudential judgment, could choose to resist those. But at the same time, the cooperation with evil isn't as present in the examples that you gave versus what we see in the jab. Hopefully that makes sense. It comes down to cooperation with evil, though. All right. Liquid Blake, tag to say. Campia usually makes veiled, rather, outlandish statements about every movie, almost. He frames it as a huge statement, but really he has qualified so heavily, qualified it so heavily, the meaning is lost in the jumble. Yeah, and then also, as the days go by and as the film actually gets a general wide release, you sometimes also will hear him start to change his tune as well. And it's, it's interesting how, how that usually, you know, will, will play back, you know, come out. Uh, let's see, not a lot of action going on on Odyssey, so if you happen to be watching over there, thank you, but the name Alfred Hitchcock was mentioned by 2BU. Alfred Hitchcock absolutely is a great, great, great director. 
No doubt about it. Let's see here. Sonar Poopa says, Dear administrators, do you know what a pronoun is or where you doing drugs or were you doing drugs during the class on grammar? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, Mike 76 says, uh, you have to try bacon on a warm peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So good. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I wouldn't have the jelly, though. I've always been a, a strict peanut butter only. A strict peanut butter only. That that That's where I go with that one. <laughs> All right, let us see. Liquid Blake tagged to say, Follow up to my Campia comment. It leaves him room to deviate and backtrack when the initial release backlash occurs against him. He rides that wave into his next viewpoint. Yeah, that's exactly what I had said. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that that is, uh, I think that is absolutely a very, a, a very solid take. A very, very solid take. And and yes, by the way, uh, uh, Steph, I think I think we are fighting. Um, I assume that's over the peanut butter and jelly comment. <laughs> Because if that's the if that's where the fight is, then yes. <laughs> Rosie D12 then says, Matt Damon, eek. I'd just prefer to say Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Thursday Warriors member says, I like The Martian. I have gotten sucked into watching it several times when it comes on. I mean, I wouldn't say the expression sucked into watching it because I would personally enjoy it. Because I, I, I do personally enjoy it. It's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. I have no cookies. Yeah, I really, I, I don't really even know if I if I have cookies, actually, to be honest. Because I don't know if it actually, let me put that in. I don't know if it counts as me watching with the chat up or not. It, I guess it does. Yeah, look at that. The at Odin account has nine watch hours. Look at that. Look at that. I guess it does count it in some way. <laughs> I don't know how, but it does. Look at that. 18,000 cookies. I don't use them. Cuz why would I why would I use my cookies in a giveaway for something that I already have? Uh Bruce had to say I always liked Annihilation and the mostly all women cast worked, I thought. No, Bruce. You got to be No, Bruce, Bruce. You're pulling my leg, right? Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. You're pulling my leg, right? Because either you're pulling my leg or or, or, or this is an Alex McCarthy level take. <laughs> I don't think we watched the same movie. A CWD Trixie. Cruella 2 equals 101 Dalmatians. Uh, Cruella 2 equals why in the heck and how in the heck are they justifying this decision? Hardwick says, I watched the trailer for the new Cinderella. It's even worse than I thought it would be. Cinderella doesn't want to marry the prince because she wants to be an independent businesswoman. Yeah, it's not Cinderella. It really isn't. And obviously, I I have not, I didn't even watch the trailer. I, I watched, you know, sometimes the trailers will play on like Twitter or social media and it's muted. And so you can like kind of watch the video and it's a good way for them to get, you know, lots of views or make it seem like they have lots of views. So I just had to watch it just to try and see exactly like, the moment where they show the quote fairy godmother and i was just like man oh man they're just not even trying it's 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 gonna be awful uh jamin cruz free guy might be just like ripd dude yeah <laughs> i think based on the way that john described it i think that that actually might be a pretty good take <laughs> 
just another... <laughs> Owen's got a fever, and the only cure is more cowbell. Or more context, in this case. Uh, GBX76 says, The best Harley Quinn is from Batman the Animated Series. Everyone else is just a poor copy of her. Well, it is where the character originated, so I think that there is a lot to be said for that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let us see. Nathan Slay tagged and said, So what is your favorite David Fincher film? Mine is Seven. Love that film. That is a pretty solid choice, dude. I don't really think I can go... I don't really think I can go anywhere else. Because he's he has some other good films, but I think Seven is not only his best, it's also probably his, one of the most rewatchable films. There's just so, much, so many layers to that movie. It really is solid. Let's see, JKDBX76 says, Who's better? Conan the Barbarian or Conan O'Brien? I have actually never seen the Conan, Bar- Conan the Barbarian films. They've always just looked so cheesy and not really my style. So I'm going to go Conan O'Brien. Old school Conan O'Brien. I'm going to go old school Conan O'Brien when he had the lever that would show random clips clips of Walker, Texas, Texas Ranger. That was my favorite rendition of Conan O'Brien. It was the same Conan O'Brien that would have the segment in the year. 2000 oh it's oh, i love i love the old school o'brien all right jm cruz tag to say uh the one shot take in the stairs is in the protector there's a breakdown on that and two mma artists saw the that there might be cuts but the editing is so clever and you can see tony getting tired okay yeah so it's interesting, yeah. I don't. Someone had mentioned Ungbok, and I, I honestly don't know which one it was in. So you claim it's the Protector, so I'm going to assume that it is. Um, but in any case, whichever film it is actually in, it's in a wonderful sequence. That is interesting, though, of how there are people who think it might be cut. But I, I want to say it's known for being a one shot. So that would be interesting if if. That was disingenuous in any way. And either way, it's still a great sh- it's still a great sequence, even if it is cut together. But I don't think it is, to be honest. Rob D says, "You know something, Odin? I think John Campion might be a shill for Disney." No, what gave that away? <laughs> Harwick says, "In your opinion, which Pirates of the Caribbean movie was the last good one?" Uh, the second. Um, the second is definitely the last good one. Obviously, it's still nothing compared to the first. The first is the only like per- like downright perfect film. The second one is okay. Like I think it's a good continuation. I love the ending to two. I, I just love that that twist. It was a lot of fun. Like I was just like, yes, I'm so glad. It was mostly because I want I love seeing the actor back because I thought the actor's portrayal of Barbosa was so good. So I was so happy to see that. And I will I will say that I do. I do like elements of the fourth one but and i've mentioned this on i've mentioned this on streams before it's weird the only part i really like and it's a series of parts in the fourth one is everything with the mermaid and the missionary which yeah when you say that out loud the mermaid and the missionary it sounds like some kind of weird story and it really is and i i don't quite know i think it's because the two actors that are playing those parts, I actually really like. I think they have really great chemistry together, and it's the most interesting part of the movie, which I think is also a way of tearing the film down, 
that your best story and subplot is about a missionary falling in love with a mermaid and that's the best thing you got i mean again i I do i do like those sequences but yeah (laughs) i know i know i've mentioned that before all right, let's see. Jacob 76 says, My pronouns are Zizzer, Zazzer, and Zuz from the Dr. Seuss book. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, just another red shirt tag to say, And here I thought I was the only one that never put jelly on peanut butter sandwich. I am confirmed. Just another red shirt. Yes. Yes. Dude, man, I'm I'm pretty, I'm very much a, I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very plain individual, if you, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> And uh, I, I like I like food items typically plain, so any item that you could ever possibly order is usually going to be plain in some way, in some capacity. All right, make sure that you smash that like button. We got about twelve minutes left in the show. Don't go too crazy now. My voice is getting tired. Uh, Brian Dobransky, what's going on, bro? Welcome. Uh, J.M. Cruz, tag to say, Matt Damon does an excellent Matthew McConaughey impersonation, though. Yes, J.M. Cruz, I've seen that video, and I agree, for sure. Special K, hey, dude, what's going on? Glad to see you in the chat. 70B, what's up? Yay. What's going on, 70B? We never fight, unless it's over peanut butter and jelly, and then that's just okay. Uh, The R, what's up, dude? Thank you for becoming a member. The R has become a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level. Thank you very much, The R. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Thursday Warrior says, Corella 2, justification? Please don't sue us, uh, Emma Stone. Yeah, I think you meant Emma. Yeah. Please don't sue us, Emma Stone. We'll give you another film. Come on now. Um, Let us see. Sage of Raka Seca. What's going on? Hello, hello. Alrighty. Let's see. Soul Assassin tagged say, What you never seen, Conan the Barbarian? How dare you, sir? Watch them right now. Do it. I say. Nay, nay. In fact. <laughs> I said, oh, nay, nay. I say nay, nay. Because I'm doing a show. So I can't watch it right now anyway. <laughs> I love that clip so much. Rest in peace, John Panette. He's my spirit animal in so many ways. <laughs> J.M. Cruz. Yes, it is. Bear Man is also another good one-shot film, though I haven't seen it since it was released. Yeah, uh, J.M. Cruz, that is one where we do know. Like, they have actually admitted, like, how the cuts were actually made. And it's brilliant. That film... Absolutely is brilliant how they do their cuts. It's very clever. But there are several long takes. And I love films that do long takes. I really do. Because it it takes a very special kind of filmmaker and a very special team to be able to pull off those kinds of sequences. So films like Birdman, which did that. Films like, of course, The the Great Scene. And I guess we've confirmed at this point that it was The Protector. And even going old school. Um... One of the the best examples of the long take, to be honest, and really it was kind of innovative in a lot of ways, was the Hitchcock film Rope. I love, I love the movie Rope, and the way that they portray the one shot there, and also you go into like the behind the scenes of how they did it, because 
film reels only had so much time on them back in the day. And so they were actually limited by the amount of time each film reel could actually handle. And that's what led to them making the cuts that they did. So the amount of planning and the way that they were able to innovate that is just brilliant. If you've never seen Rope, it's not only just a great Hitchcock film, it also delves a little bit into the realm of philosophy as well and about power and about the power of like death. It's very interesting, but it also, I think, is a a masterwork in cinematography and especially the long take and the development and history of the long take. It's something that you would usually bring up in any course when you're covering uh, a long take in general. Uh, Joe Horn tagged to say, I only like the mermaid scenes in the fourth Pirates movie too. Yeah, seriously, those are the only films worth saying anything about. And that's not saying that they are amazing, but they are the only things that are really worth saying anything about because they do have pretty good chemistry with each other. At least it has that. Let's see. JKD Buck says, a peanut butter sandwich needs no jelly messing up the peanut butter. I agree, JKD Buck. That's a fact. (laughs) Gary Banjo Sandwich, your channel is my summer favorite because you interact and have fun. Thank you, Gary Banjo Sandwich. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I I love the small community. uh, And I love being able to interact with people. Yeah, my... And... If, I know a lot of people have, there's several people who've just been here and been with me for a long time, and I always really appreciate it. But one of the things that I've always wanted this channel to be, especially in the live streams, is interactive. And I'm not going after anyone when I say that I know there's a lot of people in our community who have very large channels, have very large communities, especially their live stream communities, and they logically and logistically just can't keep up with, with the entirety of the chat in a live way. So they have to only do super chats and, and donations. And, you know, obviously that's something where, where they have to just, it's, it's, it's what they have to do. And so one of the reasons why I love my community so much, not only is because they're the best community in, in the entire YouTube universe with some of the best mods in the business, but also too, because it is possible to be able to actually have these types of interactions. It's a lot of fun. Hardwick says, I didn't like the scenes with the mermaid and the missionary together, but I did like the mermaid attack scene. Uh, I don't know why the mermaid attack scene, because the CGI is pretty muddy in that attack scene. And the, the CGI on the mermaid and <laughs> the mermaid and the missionary, like, again, the mermaids in general just didn't have very good CGI. Um, but no, I think the, the chemistry between them was was pretty good. And I don't think it was any credit to the director. I think it was just the actors were really, were just really work well together. Uh, Jackie Buck says, is rating things overrated? <laughs> I guess it depends on who you are. Joe Winkster, I say, sorry, so sorry. I'm very, very sorry. Wait, what? What, 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 what did you say? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm- if anyone's never seen Stella, Man, oh man, it's such a great show. I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Rose G12. But James Earl Jones is in the first Conan the Barbarian you should watch. Okay. I do like me some James Earl Jones. I had no idea he was in the first Conan the Barbarian. That is actually pretty fascinating. <laughs> What's he doing in that movie? Okay, 24. It was mentioned in the Real BBC chat earlier that as Tom and yourself didn't make it to Vegas, maybe an anti-bald conspiracy... 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, as kind of is <laughs> kind of locked out in his own country, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I theoretically could I have made it? Yes, but I would have absolutely put put my job on the line. And it's it, it as much as I would have loved to have met everyone in person and have gone to the meetup. It, it it would not be worth that. My family comes first, and I know that you all understand that. And I always appreciate whenever I have to delay a stream or cancel a stream. And y'all are always just so quick to be like, boom, family first. But at the end of the day, to try and take off the first full week of school, not going to fly. <laughs> like, that's just not going to work. And even me, like, I, I don't want to do that either because I love my job. I love teaching. I love getting to know the kids and, and hearing their perspectives on life, on faith, on morals. And it's just so much fun to to go through uh, to go through all those things and to go through that process. So, um yeah, I uh again, I would have loved to have been there, but it just it happened at the wrong time and that's why I'm I'm really hoping, really really hoping any future plans, any future events don't happen during the first week or any time in August because in the south in the United States that's the first week of school. That's when meetings are at the very least starting. So I really hope next time that there's a meetup that it's actually in the summer months. I know this for some people, August is a summer month, but for a lot of people, it's not. So I would love for there to be something like in June or July because that I, I could then have a much better um, opportunity to actually commit to going because I want to meet everybody. I want to be able to do those things because it just looks like fun, you know, and obviously a lot of you guys would would likely be there, too, especially if we did it in other parts of the country and not the West Coast. Because uh, obviously there's a lot of people who are East Coast, a lot of people who are Middle America as well. It'd be cool to be able to do events in different parts of the country too, to give everyone the best chance to be able to come out. So I, I hope that's what, what ends up happening. Uh, Harvey says, the first Conan the Barbarian movie is great. It's probably the best sword and sorcery movie movie made. The music score is one of the best ever composed. Nice. Thirsty's Warrior then says, the most interesting thing about Rope and the other one takes is how the actors have to do it all without screwing up. Yeah. No, and again, that's, I think, what makes you appreciate it more is that these actors have to actually learn their lines. Like, when you look at modern-day filmmaking, there's so many cuts, there's so many edits, that these actors don't even really need to necessarily memorize anything. I'm sure some of them still do, but theoretically, you could get through as an actor today and just has to memorize, like, a line at a time because of the way that they, the way that they shoot things. So, yeah, it's... It's a. It was a. It was a very, very different time. It was a very different time, and I think that it was a much better time uh, for actors and talent. I mean, you had many more classically trained actors at that time too. I think that's a big thing. Orange High Review says I like the trilogy of pirates. The original is the best, but the fourth and fifth were trash. The fifth completely retconned the original trilogy. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, that's right. I don't even remember the fifth. I think I erased that one from my from my memory banks. The third movie is not that great. Uh, I, I think that the third one was just the scene that makes me cringe. So you know how in Spider-Man 2, I, I love Spider-Man 2 until the very end when they have that cringe shot of Mary Jane running <laughs> in the in the wedding dress. And it's just oh, it's so bad. You have something just as cringy in the Pirates of the Caribbean third film. And that's when... They are saying their vows on the ship when fighting. It's just so bad. It's so cringy and blah, blah, blah. I hate it. 
All right, we are just about at the end, so please do not make any more comments. It really would appreciate it. Uh, Lakeland, Com- uh, Lakeland Dental Arts. Some every community, thanks for validating that I'm one of the best. You're welcome, Lakeland. You're welcome for that. Uh, Hardwick, another reason for you to watch Code of the Barbarian is so you will know the correct answer to the question, what is, what is best in life? I feel like it's just a variation from what is the meaning of life, which is 42. Yes, I know it's not the same movie, but I don't care. Orange Hat says, if you want to see a good Blackbeard, Odin, you must watch Blackbeard's Ghost, older Disney movie worth a watch, Black back when Disney was good. I'm saying, I don't think I'd ever heard of that one. Uh, Jacob Buck 76, you need to watch Conan to learn the Riddle of Steel. Also, Mr. Earl Jones plays an Atlantis dude named Falsa Doom. That's a badass name. Hardwick James Earl Jones' performance in Conan the Barbarian was his second best villain role after Vader. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Sorry, Poopus uh, mentioned the character's name there. Rosie G12, thank you very much for the $20 sasa super chat. Says, for a great channel and a great chat, watch Conan the Barbarian and you'll find out what J.E.J. is doing in it. Okay, thank you. Rosie G12. Can someone mention, uh, again, don't tag for anything else, but if someone can mention in the live chat, uh, is there a place to watch that movie? Like, aren't any of the streaming services have that film available? Let me know. And maybe I'll put that at the top of my list of things to watch when I actually have time, which nowadays is just not because I'm, I'm in full school mode, everybody. J.K. Buck, if you have a meetup in Cincinnati, I'll be there. We're the Obesity Hall of Fame, by the way. Tons of unhealthy food here. Yeah, I mean, that that's drivable for me, man. That's drivable for me because I would rather drive than deal with any of the airlines right now, to be honest. Uh, Andrew Hoy is a member says fifth pirates movie insert confused. Yeah. It's so forgettable, man, that even I forgot what the film is even about, to be honest. Uh, let's see. Jacob Beck, uh, says confession. I never watched any pirates movies or any spider person movies after return of the King. I retired movie series. Oh, wow. I would recommend the John Wick series, man. Watch the John Wick series. John Wick series is great. Wookie fever. What's going on, bro? Thank you for being here. Uh, JM Cruz. Goodbye, Topic Code the Barbarian. Nice. Andrew Hoyle says, my Plex has it. Oh, Andrew Hoyle. Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, and then Rosie says, warning, Conan is a fun ride, but not epic cinema. You've been warned. Okay. Okay. Watch, you know, because it's happened before, right? People have built up something as a classic that is great, and then I've seen it, and then... I forgot the last one that it was, but I was like, I didn't like it. And everyone was like, no. <laughs> I feel like that's going to happen again. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for your love and support tonight. Uh, you have been awesome. Uh, again, very, very much. I don't know why I always say very much love. A lot of love to everyone who's been here and has supported the show tonight. It's been a ton of fun. Make sure that you do smash that like button, please. It really does mean a lot. Kia Rogers says, Conan the Barbarian has a steel book. How'd you miss that one? Um, Because I've never seen the film, so I never thought to even get it. I mean, is the steel book still available? Is it like a 4K steel book now at this point? Is it really worth getting that? Because I'll, I'll get the steel book if, if y'all are going to guarantee me that I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so glad I picked this bad boy up. But, yeah, if it's like a, t- a Tina just mentioned it. Yeah, but if it's like a Battle of the Potemkin, I mean, <laughs> anyway, 
All right, now now I've just now I've just ticked off the Valkyrie. Uh, Cornelius Schultz, Vetigator, Gonzalo Bergali, Soul Extraction, George Moilo. I'm uh, sorry, Molo. I can't, and now I'm doing the, what Gary did. George Molo, Grimm's Math, Wicked Plumber, Sean ATHF, Gormacal79, Kara Tharp, Devin Walker55, MTAC Shark, Favorite Sci-Fi, Rosie 12, Andrew Hoyle, and we're in chat reviews, Jaysto, Aiden Vickery. You are all my Army of Asgard Keep of the Bifrost members on YouTube. So thank you very much. Again, congratulations on that perk. I appreciate it. Uh, Rosie says, Odin, I'll get it for you. Let me send it to you. Uh, I mean, again, if it's available and it's really good, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it no problem. But obviously, again, <laughs> just let me know. Just let me know. <laughs> Tina, <laughs> Tina's like, I'm trying to forgive you for the Battle of the Potemkin. I, I tried. I did give it a chance. I do need to, I need to actually finish the film. Maybe, maybe I'll give it another chance as well. Um, but speaking of, of, of shipping, I do, again, uh, apologize to the three people that won giveaways. I will be trying to get those out to you as soon as I can. Hopefully, Andrew Hoyle, the uh, Amazon UK, doesn't mess it up this time and send it to the other uh, address of the UK. That's similar. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's just okay. 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 Gotcha. Oh, well, Rosie, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for getting that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, if it's not good, it's okay, because if I don't like it, I can always just give it away. Um, but anyway, I do. I, re I really appreciate that, uh, Rosie. Again, you always very much take care of me. And I, again, I did again very much. I don't know why. Uh, but you always take care of me and always send me stuff. So again, Rosie, thank you so very much for that. Uh, stay down podcast. Let, hashtag let Owen play Mario Kart. Yes, keep letting them know. Keep letting them know. All right. Anyway, I do need to head out. You are all freaking amazing and wonderful. Andrew Hole is 70B. Shout out. Make sure you send some love to the Valkyrie 70B and Tina B. And again, thank you to all my members and all the awesome people. Much love. Mwah. Much love to everyone out there. You're all amazing, beautiful people. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Also, shout out to Joey Horn. Joe Horn, thank you so very much for being a new member on Patreon. Going to try and get you added to the video very, very soon. You rock. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And as always... God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my August locals, Patreon, and subscribe star members. Starting off with my locals crew, Cat's App, The Real It, D Sharp, Bifford the Hobbit, Robert Barnes, and Goblin Squatch. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on Locals. And now on to my Patreon members, Andrew Hoyle, Brian P, Christopher Bowman, Dion, Don Bruno de la Mancha. Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Lance, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Patreon. And lastly, to my Subscribestar peeps, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, slash the new number two, J-Rod the Beer Guru, and Man. And a shout out to one new member, Hannibal Grimm. Thank you all very much for supporting me on Subscribestar and to everyone 
for supporting me on these platforms. Also, a shout out to all of my YouTube members. You get shouted out at the end of every single live stream. And if you want to have your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and every video, please check out my locals Patreon subscribe star. Uh, and you can go ahead and find those links in the top link of this description. You can find it's called the Willow link, and it'll have a list to literally all of the social media platforms and all the different ways that you can support the channel. If you join at the $1 level, you can actually get your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream. $5 level gives you that, plus you get access to exclusive giveaways of 4K titles. Right now, I've got tons of 4K steelbooks to give away this month, including for Top Gun. I also have A Quiet Place Part 2. I have Snatch on 4K, the John Wick Trilogy on 4K, and also I have a Sicario 4K disc as well, and a bunch of others that are going to be coming in this month too. So if you want to have access to any of those types of exclusive giveaways, join at the Army of Asgard level. At the $10 level, the Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get all of that, plus you get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes videos, including instant reactions when I go to see movies. I do quick little filmings of myself and talk about the films that I have seen and my instant reactions to that. You also get access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the flick pick flickinger once or twice a month and you get to also ask us any question that you want we put a q a post up and you get to ask us what whatever it is that you want to ask so again if that sounds cool to you Keeper the Bifrost level. And lastly, there is the Chosen of Valhalla level, where you get all that stuff plus in your first month as a Chosen of Valhalla member, you get a free t-shirt your choice. Ship it anywhere in the world. And also you get to once a month be featured on the OMB Reviews channel and you get to Talk with me. We usually chill out for three to four hours, and I like ask everyone what they've been watching, what they want to talk about, what they want to promote, and it's always a really good time. And so if that sounds interesting to you, please consider joining. Uh, that is going to be on Subscribestar and on Patreon only, as Locals is just the keeper of the Bifrost level. But anyway, thank you all very much for your time, for your support, and for listening to this shout-out video. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.